Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, the radio show. Thank you for tuning in wherever you are and wherever you will be listening. I am with Ken W. Gronbach. He is a demographer. Uh, I'm sure he's been called worse in life, but he's also a futurist, a generational marketer, ex- marketing expert, who has an uncanny and accurate prediction uh, that's transforming how we look at demographics in the world. Uh, he's an end-of-man keynote speaker. He has been studying demographics for the last uh, 20 years. Uh, he's the president of KGC Direct, and his new book is Upside, Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead. And if you have not seen this guy's uh, uh, promotional trailer on YouTube, you, you just just go to YouTube and type in Upside. It is absolutely startling. Welcome, my friend. How are you? Very well, sir. Good to be here. Good, good. So you say in the, in the, uh, the video that uh, the future is not a mystery. It's just simple math. First, let's just unpack. Uh, what is a demographer, and, and why are you guys so critically important to, to the world? We count people. You know, my, that, that's, that's the bottom line. My, my daughter, uh, I've, I've got two Gen Y daughters. Uh, one's 22, one's 25. When my 25-year-old was 15, she was sitting in the backseat of our Volvo, and uh, I was invisible. She was talking to her friend, and her friend says, what does your dad do? And uh, my daughter said, he's a demographer. And then it was a pause. And her friend was very astute. Her friend said, is, that like, uh, is a demographer like an accountant or an economist? And uh, I'm in the front seat saying, come on, Libby, give her a good answer. And my daughter said, no, no, accountants and economists count money and stuff. My dad counts people, and people are more important than money and stuff. So wow. That's what, that's what I do. <laughs> wow. At 15, she said that. At 15, she said that. That's pretty, you, you, you did good. You did good. So what is this simple math? What, let's break this down now, because I, I know that uh, in the book you go through, I think we're, is it true that we are, we still have like six generations living in America. Yeah, but the, 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 there are, are actually the GI generation uh, that was born 1905, 1924 are people that are 93 plus. So there's not a ton of them. Okay. Then there's, then there's the, uh, the silent generation born 1925 to 1944. And that was a diminutive population to begin with because we didn't have many babies during the depression and during the war, of course, fertility fell off precipitously, so that's a, a really small generation, and they are currently 73 to 92. Mm, okay. Uh, okay, then the, the, we have a monster generation born 45 to 64. Must be the boomers. That's the baby boomers. And there was a significant uh, immigration during that period, so we currently have about 80 million boomers. Uh, Right after the boomers, uh, a, a product of, a, of a, a small group of parents, 
uh, born 1965 uh, to 84, was Gen X. And Gen X right now is 33 to 52, and that's a hole in our population. We're that's missing about 10, about 10 million people in that group. How is it that you're missing 10 million people in that group? They, they weren't born. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, they, that's the thing that throws people, and, and, I, and I, I can understand that. I really can because it threw me initially. When our researchers came to me, uh, you know, 20 years ago and said, uh, you know, Generation X, born 1965 to 1984, will never uh, be the market that the boomers are who were born 45 to 64. And I, and, and, and I said, why? And they said, because they weren't born. <laughs> They're just not there. They, they, uh, the fertility in the United States dropped like a stone, and, and it... The peak of the fertility in the baby boomers was about 1967 with 4,300,000 babies. Wow. The bottom of Generation X in 1974, right after Roe versus Wade, was 3 million babies. So we went from having 4,300,000 kids a year down to 3 million kids a year. And that had an effect. So now we have what we have, if you look at the populations of the United States, we have big populations and small populations, and big populations and small populations. Mm -hmm. And the, the the big populations consume more. They they're they're bigger labor forces. They're bigger everything. Sure. And small populations uh, under uh, underproduce. So what comes after the Gen Xers? Gen Xers is um, Gen Y. Now Gen Y was born 1985 to 2004. This is the largest generation ever born in the United States, and it's 86 million of them. They're bigger than the baby boomers by at least two birth years. So they're huge, and, and they're currently 13 to 32 years old. They're finally moving out of their parents' basements. They're, they're throwing away all those trophies that they didn't deserve, and they're starting yeah. households and, and getting married. So we, we have... I would assume they're, then they are producing the, is it called Generation Z? Yep. Well, actually, uh, yeah, they are producing Generation Z, but, but the, we, we can't really look for a, a healthy crop of kids for about another five to seven years. Okay, because they haven't uh, been born yet. Well, the, the Generation uh, uh, Y is just now starting to get married. Okay. They're marrying late. They married very late. They, they, they weren't welcomed into the labor force uh, because their baby boomers' parents didn't leave it for a variety of reasons, not the least of which was the housing crisis and they're now at the rate of, of one every eight seconds. And they're welcoming their Gen Y kids into the labor force, which is a whole, you know, now, that, now it's a whole new ball game for HR, for human resources. Big, big time. I mean, they're going to have three generations in the labor force. I wrote a book about it in, in 2010 called Decades of Differences. It was a whole book just dedicated to how do you deal with you know, all these weird personalities of the different sure. generations. Completely unpredictable, uh, somewhat uh, tech-savvy, obviously. Um, kind of like, uh, you know, like everybody talks about the, 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 the Gen Xers and, and, and uh, also the Gen Ys, but you also talk about, um, you know, they, there's not enough of them really to do what the ba baby boomers did. In other words, cars are not going to sell as much. Uh, so they're really changing the way this world, particularly America, is going to function and work. Yeah. Well, Generation X is, is really the culprit. Gen, Gen Y, when, when Gen Y comes into its own and starts really finding its way, starting households, getting married, 
uh, advancing in uh, the workforce, the United States is going to be fine. What we had, though, what we have right now between the ages of 33 and 52 is a diminutive population that was too small to serve the needs of the baby boomers. And the baby boomers are currently uh, 53 to 72. Mm-hmm. So what happened was because we didn't have enough labor, because they, they simply wasn't born, it sucked in Latinos like, like a vacuum, uh, primarily Mexicans. And, and I, I tell my audiences, uh, uh, I said, listen, you, you have a problem with Latinos? I said, let me ask you a question. I said, do, do you want to collect Social Security? And everybody, yeah, we do. I said, go find a Latino, kiss him on the lips, and thank him for coming. Because without them, we wouldn't have the critical mass to tax to run our country in, in about 30 years. We just, it, wow. it, it would be impossible. So that changes everything. Yeah, it does. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. You also talk about the Gen Ys uh, are getting ready to basically explode the housing market in that there's not enough housing. There's, uh, if you look at the population of the United States, it's about 330 million when you count the illegals, and demographers do because they're here. Mm-hmm. There's 155 million housing units in the United States. That's everything from a condo to an apartment to a freestanding house to a, a mobile home. The, the two largest parts of, our gener- of, of, of the population of 330 million people are 80 million baby boomers and 86 million Gen Y kids. They're separating. They're living under one roof now, but they are mm-hmm. finally parting. Now, unless these kids, and, and these are modest calculations, unless these kids are going to sleep on the ground when they leave home uh, in sleeping bags, uh, we're 25 million houses short of our needs over the next 10, 15 years, which means that housing is not just going to spike, it has to spike, sure. or we have no place to put these kids. Wow, that's a big so, deal. Well, what, yeah, it is a big deal because we found out in 2008 that housing was the economy and the economy was housing. So once housing begins to spike, uh, it's going to take the economy with it. You know, I, I, I speak all over the United States, and I speak to one of my uh, favorite categories to speak to is trucking. And I, and I tell the folks, I said, listen, don't worry about business. I said, capitalize, buy new trucks, buy new trailers, buy new everything, because there simply aren't going to be enough trucks to move stuff when this Gen, uh, Gen Y generation uh, finds its way into the economy. Because at the other end of the economy, and we call this a barbell economy because we have a big uh, mass at one end and a big mass at the other. The baby boomers are refusing to die and they're refusing to get old. Mm-hmm. So, so we, we, you know, this is going to. The baby boomers are going to change healthcare. Uh, oh, the, we've never seen before. No, never, never. We, we literally are going to have a tsunami of of need in healthcare, elder care, and. Uh, sad to say, death care. We physically do not have enough space to bury them. So, and wow. no one, no one's talking about it. No one, no one. And in fact, when I when I speak to that industry, I said, "Are you guys getting ready for the baby boomers?" And they said, "Oh yeah, we've heard that before." I said, "Yeah, but they haven't they haven't gone away, and they will die eventually." So, what are you going to do with them? I mean, it, it, we don't have enough crematoriums. We don't have enough cemeteries. We don't, we don't, we're not ready for that. Just simply not ready for it. The largest generation ever to die is following 
one of the smallest generations ever to die. The, the generation right in front of the boomers is the silent generation, and then that generation is the smallest generation of the last 100 years. It's tiny. So I, 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 I look at my uh, <coughs> these, these folks in this industry, this sector, death care, and say, are, are you guys going to get ready? And, and they're, the answer is no. <laughs> Wow, that's going to, what a shift. I mean, in, you know, not just in healthcare, but it's going to be a shift in death care because if you're saying there's not enough place, not enough room to bury the body, wow, that that changes everything. That's a, that's Doesn't a, it? Yeah, that's a, that's a conversation. I mean, do you think government, Congress has, you know, has, has a conversation for this? Because I'm sure they do. Well, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, one of the things that's brewing, which is, makes it even weirder, is the EPA, the Environmental Protection folks, have essentially uh, like overlooked um, crematoriums because crematoriums put, I mean, real, real junk into the air. I mean, the stuff that, mm. that comes out of our bodies is is not good, and and also the amount of energy that it takes to cremate a body is 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 not a green subject. It, it's a you know, they, from what I'm told from people in the industry, it's kind of like trying to burn a wet phone book. You know, you, you, it's very, very hard to do. So what's going to happen is, is in Europe, uh, there's legislation. There are laws all over the place where you can't bury people and you can't cremate them. So what do you do with them? I was going to say, that, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well there's, there's lots of technology out there. Like there's lots of new technology. You send them to the moon or put them in space? What the hell are we doing? No, no. Well, I had a guy call me up from Ireland, and he said, Ken, I, I read uh, the age curve. He said, you didn't cover death care. And I said, no, I, I stayed away from it. <laughs> he, said, I've got a, he said, I've got a machine that uh, produces its own energy, and uh, we have run pigs through it, and we freeze the pig, and then we buffet the pig with air, and we could turn the pig the entire pig to a, a powder uh, that's about 10% of its body weight. And he said, you could plant a tree in the powder. And I said, I'm in. Let's set up a prototype in Florida. Wow. Now that's innovation. That's getting, that's being prepared. Yeah. So why, so why is it the gen, not the gen Xers, but why are the gen Ys not buying cars? Why, you know, I remember you telling, talking about the story about the motorcycle trend and, and, and what have you, but the, these kids are not buying uh, uh, automobiles at the rate that the boomers were. Boomers had boomers had a love affair with cars, and it was a love affair, and it, and it still is. In fact, I'm I'm planning on going to a car show tonight. I'm trying to re recruit a boomer friend to go with me. Now, <laughs> boomers, boomers, yeah, boomers have a, a a a love affair with automobiles, and these kids don't because the kids. Uh, I, I talk to my daughters, and I say. Uh, you know, are you going to rent a car? And she said, and she said, dad, why would I, why would I rent a car? Then you got to park it. I'm calling Uber. Wow. And, 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 and Uber is, is wicked cheap and, and very, very simple to use. She's got an app on her phone, you know, just mm -hmm. so she just, I mean, it's, it's nothing to use it. And, uh, and, and I said, well, what about you, uh, your, your other friends? She said, I said, half of the teenagers, teenagers that, that can get a license, don't have one. What, what's wrong with, you know, why? And I'm, I'm asking my daughter. And she said, Dad, why, why would we? We have so many other friends that have cars. You know, we, all, we travel in packs. And, and they travel in packs far more than the boomers ever did. That is fascinating. Yeah, well, you know what else? You, you, I, I don't know. I hope, I hope your audience can, can handle this. 
But actually, teenage uh, pregnancies are way off because these kids are spending a lot less time in cars. How about that? Yeah, how about that? How about that? How about that? That's crazy. All right, so the other thing is is that with the with with the the Gen Ys is you know, there's always that term or, or saying that, you know, this is the the year of the woman, but what I'm hearing from you is that this is the decade or maybe the next twenty years of the woman. Women will be leading the, the, the workforce or the career force. Is that right? Yep. They're 60-40 60, they're, they're <laughs> in college. It's probably more like 65-35 uh, uh, outnumbering men in college. Wow. Uh, the, the, and and the, the reason for that is uh, the baby boomers, uh, the labor, the, our, our labor force is, is broken down in a very strange way. Um, Baby boomers had all the, the technical jobs. They had all the heating, ventilation, air conditioning, the plumbing, uh, electrician, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tool and die and all that. Those were boomers. Generation X, the generation right behind boomers, didn't elect to do that. They went to college at a very, very high rate. So they didn't take those jobs. Now the baby boomers are leaving those jobs. And Gen Y, who are behind Gen X, the younger kids, younger men, are realizing that a good Mercedes mechanic, 21 years old, that is, that is, is you know, really good in the cyber world, can make 100 grand. Why would you go to college? So, so they don't. Uh, that result, what we have is fewer men are going to college, and uh, and women are. And another interesting thing is, I'm told now that uh, law schools are 70-30 women. So if, if, yeah, we don't treat the women well. We don't treat them with, with equality. We don't treat them honestly, fairly. They're going to sue us. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to take us to the bank, and we don't even have that. Yeah. Um, wow, this is, this is huge. <clears throat> so how does uh, – the what effect will, will the Y generation have in politics? Because uh, what was it that you said? Something that uh, a, a Democrat gains – Democrats gain a voter every eight seconds and – uh, because they come of age to vote, the Republicans lose a voter every 16 seconds because they die. Well, walk us through that. Well, the I didn't get this last election right, and <laughs> but I was okay. I was I was with like yeah, 80. Yeah, how did that happen? What happened? Well, well, from what I'm I'm told from my friends on the Hill, and I don't have a lot of them, but but people that in the know. In fact, John Zogby, uh, who wrote the foreword for my book, did get it right. Zogby polls. And he warned me, and he said that uh, Donald Trump won the nomination, but Hillary Clinton lost the election. That's that's how they they say it. And and it was, it went very very contrary to demogra- uh, demographic trends because uh, the Democrats are picking up a new voter every eight seconds because they're coming of age to vote. And the uh, there's about two million people a year that die, uh, and we. The conservative folks tend to be older people. The liberal folks tend to be younger people. So we're losing a, um, a conservative voter every 16 seconds. So all things being equal, there are many, many more uh, Democrats than Republicans. So it means the Democrats should have won, but that they didn't. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, they did. Yeah. 
Wow. No, they didn't. They, uh, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm, I, I try to stay away from. I was watching, you know, everybody. I'm sure most people were glued to CNN, watching the polls, watching all of the, you know, you, you think these guys like, okay, the polls never lie, pretty much at that level. Uh, but they said that there was this mass of people that came out that were they counted? I mean, where did they come from? I don't know. You know, I I just I don't know. It it uh, I, I I try to stay as middle of the road as possible because I I speak to audience I speak to conservative audiences and I speak to liberal audiences so I don't want to mess myself up. But. Uh, uh, that one caught me totally off guard. Were but they I, counted? I, I, I know you said the Census Bureau counts, the Homeland Security counts people. All of, you know, so who, who who does the majority of the of the counting that you pull your 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 research from and your numbers? Census. Okay. We we I could, we couldn't exist without the census. The census data, incidentally, Bureau of Labor Statistics, CIA fact book. Uh, are, are the primary sources, and they're really, really good. Bureau of Labor Statistics. It, 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 I mean, it take it's it's hard to analyze the the information, but that's what we do. I mean, that's that's what that's why I get paid. Uh, same thing with census data, uh, but the the census now is there's this part of the census called Census Quick Facts that anybody can go and take a look at a. Uh, a country, they can look at a state, they can look at a zip code, and they can, and the census will tell you exactly who's there, and how it's, and you, and you can figure out how it's trending. Wow, that's pretty powerful. That was unheard of uh, 20 years ago. Yeah, well, you know, the, the, that's just it. it. It was always that this secondary research that we all paid for was available to everyone, but it was too hard to figure out, but it's not anymore. It, it, mm-hmm. it, they really are making an effort for it to be available to folks. That is, that is something. Now, here's something that was interesting. You, you, there's a chapter in your book about it, but you also talked about it in your, in your uh, book trailer that you say bigotry will end uh, because now we're looking at uh, pretty much a, uh, the, the world of women. You say there's going to be more intermarrying, um, yeah. And how how does that affect bigotry and and all of the crazy stuff that we deal with right now uh, in in America and subsequently the world? But we'll, we'll get to the world later. Let's talk about America now. I I tell my audiences. I say, listen, if you're a bigot, get over it because you're not going to you're on the wrong side of history. The generation Y does not see race or color. They just don't. Uh, in, in one of my early books, uh, I talked about my daughter Haley talking, um, you know, she talked endlessly about her friend did this and her friend did that, and, you know, and, and talk, called her by name. And we went to a, uh, a concert at, at her school, and I forget if, if her, her friend was Asian or, or African-American, I'm not sure. But I said, well, I asked her, I said, why didn't you tell us she was African-American? And she just kind of looked at me and said, why would I tell you that? And, and, and that's where they're at. The, the, what we're seeing, you're, see, you're starting to see this on uh, network TV in the commercials where they'll, they'll put mixed couples together. I mean, it, 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 in, you know, 40 years ago, that, was, that would, have been, it would have been a lynching. I mean, that's how, that's how bigoted we were. Yeah, yeah. It's over. Wow. These, ki- these kids are going to how, change. Where did that come from, though? How, where did that come well, from? Well, you know, that came, I believe that came from the boomers. I think the boomers were, were the transition. Because we taught our kids to be 
to tell the truth. We taught our kids to be honest. We taught them to be transparent. We taught them to be fair. We taught them not to bully. We taught them that color doesn't make any difference. And as, and as painful as that, that might have been for us and totally painful for our parents. I mean, I grew up in a household where the N-word was the word that was used to describe African-Americans. Mm-hmm. It, it, but it, it's, it's, so, it's different now. It really is. And uh, I, I, I can't wait to see the net effect of this because we're going into a, an economy that's going to spike and bigotry is going away. So what does that mean? That means we're going to realize the full potential of everyone. Well, it, 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 does it mean that the America that we're, we, we have been trying to be for so long will actually come into fruition in our lifetime? Yeah. I think it, in a lot of ways, listen, I, I don't believe. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean, but I'll tell you this. I, I, uh, uh, and, 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 and this is the example that I use. You know, uh, President Trump, and I respect the presidency, deeply respect the presidency. President Trump doesn't understand the, uh, the Republican or the, re- the model of a republic. He understands a business model, and he's trying to bring a business model or superimpose or force a business model on the model of the republic. And the republic doesn't run like a business at all. Mm-hmm. It is completely different than a business. Because the biggest enemy of any society, of any country, look at what's going on in South America right now, is, is corruption. And, and uh, did our forefathers understand that, that they construct our business to handle corruption? Yeah, we handle corruption here in the United States better than any country in the world. Now, we, it's not perfect. No, not at all. But, but, yeah, but, but yeah, so, so, so what we're going to do is we're going to match that hatred of corruption with a, a, a love, you know, these kids, a love of transparency. I, I tell, you know, I, I get up in front of 500 uh, uh, truck dealers and say, guys, if you, if you have any skeletons in your closet, get rid of them. I said, because there aren't going to be any more secrets, two, three, four, even five years from now. It's, it's all over. There are no more secrets. There are no more secrets. So it, 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 everything's going to be out in the open. So get used to it. Absolutely fascinating. Now, you also talk about you. This was was fascinating. I think it was twenty. You predict around twenty forty five. So, the, so there's uh, you have to uh, break this down for us because I don't understand uh, like Hispanic non-white or Hispanic white. That 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 screwed me up. But the I guess uh, the the whites are diminishing and because they're not burgeoning or or or, or at a, at a higher rate. Uh, and so there's another group, if you will, that is going a race group that is going to be larger than all the other races. Right now, if you looked at uh, African Americans in the United States, are about 13 uh, percent. Latinos are about 17 percent, and the Asians are about five percent. What is that in terms of millions? Uh, I don't have the math off the top of my head, but it's like 35 percent, okay, uh, or 37 percent. Um, I don't have a calculator in front. I try not to carry too many numbers or I burst. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm serious. It, it's it's uh, uh, it, it is it, it it is millions. We have I would say we probably have fifty, sixty million Latinos. Uh, you know, again, I don't I don't have a calculator in front of me. But what is going to happen in 2045? The uh, white people will be 45 percent. So that means that uh, the minorities will be 55%. Mm-hmm. 
And there, there are organizations, there are corporations, there are uh, in the public and private sector in the United States that are still all white and, and predominantly men. That's all changing. Mm-hmm. And if, if they don't change, they're in for a shock because the world is tra- changing around them. We, we, I tell folks, I say, listen, if you don't, I'm looking at a room of, 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 of all white people and mostly men selling a product. And I'm saying, if, if you think that you're just going to sell products to mostly white people, you're nuts. I said, if, if this room is not 37% minority, you're missing 37% of the market. Wow. You, you, you don't think African-Americans buy stuff? How about, you don't think Latinos drive cars? You don't think Asians buy furniture? Are you nuts? So what does this, what do these numbers mean uh, in terms of immigration? Uh, because I don't know how many are coming, how many uh, uh, immigrants are coming to America, uh, but that obviously changes the, the demographic uh, profile. But what does that mean in terms of those who are born here versus those who are uh, 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 migrating? We, we're going to see the, the biggest uh, part of our immigration now is uh, Asian. And it's going to be Chinese. We're going to see lots and lots of Chinese, high net worth Chinese, come into the country with a different type of a visa than a Latino. They, they come in high net worth. They come in creating jobs, not taking them, opening businesses. The the uh, but the net is Asians do, assimilate very very slowly, very slowly. That's why we have, and, and forgive the term, Chinatowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Latinos, on the other hand, assimilate in 20 years. They they come in. They they don't stay with their native language in in terms of you know their their own kids. It goes away. Uh, I don't think we could invent a better immigrant. I really don't. But the the number of of uh, Latinos coming in has ebbed, and I believe now we're looking at more leaving than coming in. So if if Trump builds the wall, he's actually going to trap them in. Fascinating. Wow. How about that? <laughs> That normally gets a laugh. Yeah, that, that, that always gets a laugh. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so let's talk about uh, Florida. You said Florida is going, the population is going to explode. Why? Um, I, I'll tell you a quick story. I'm speaking in Boca Raton five years ago, and I go on after The Economist. I got there late. My flight was late. I ran up in Tate, and I said, no, I just missed him. I, I just, you know, I just got here. Mm-hmm. And he said, the economist was showing us how uh, tourists are no longer coming to Florida and people aren't retiring here anymore. And he was showing us graphs and projecting into the future. And he said, you're speaking to 500 municipal employees. And he said, if what the economist said is true, he says, half of the, this room is going to get laid off. So I said, are, are you crazy? I said, he told them what? So I made the audience look at me. I yelled at him. I said, time out. Everybody up here, stop talking. Up here, up here. I said, the population of Florida is about 20 million. I said, once the boomers sell their homes and, and the housing crisis corrects, I said, you're going to see a tidal wave down here and your population is going to go to 30 million. And you don't have enough roads. You don't have enough houses. You don't have enough storefronts. You don't have enough ports. You don't have enough bridges. You don't have enough municipal employees. I said, they're going to have to hire this room all over again. Well, they elected me mayor of Boca Raton. They carried me out on their shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I'm being facetious, but but I. Uh, uh, so, but what what is happening is the largest generation ever to retire 
is been uh, is right on the heels of the smallest generation ever to retire. Now, my wife and I just bought a condo in Florida, and, uh, and we discovered that if you go there in August, it's very, very different than going there in February. Because awesome. in February, it, it takes you, uh, you can't get through a light unless you wait for three sequences. And the, the roads are absolutely packed. And, and everybody that I talk to now is saying it's going to get a lot worse. Well, of course it is. Because you're going to see millions and millions of baby boomers from the north move to Florida. Wow. That's huge. Yeah, the, the time to buy real estate in Florida was about two years ago. Yes, yeah, it's right, exactly. Now it's like, okay, so there's going to be a bubble, and, and like you said, there's, so there's actually two levels of housing that we have to deal with. We have to deal with the housing in Florida, but then we also have to deal with the housing for, for the for the uh, wives. The housing for the what? For the wives, the Generation Y. Yeah, yeah, well, here's here's the situation. I, and I, I, have, I, I tell the municip- municipalities in Florida this, and I'm going to Florida uh, next week, and I, I've got two uh, very related to housing uh, audiences, and I'm telling them, I said, guys, you, you got a, you got a situation here. One, you don't have enough houses for the baby boomers that are going to retire here. I said, but you do realize that they're not going to support themselves. They are absolutely, positively going to support, you know, be be supported by younger people. And there is no inexpensive housing here. Where are you going to put the support, folks? Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't exist. And, and and they're aware of that. They're very aware of that. That's a, that's a, so a fascinating point. It's going to be it's going to be painful. Yeah, it is. Um, now here's something that I, I just I, it, it was hard to believe. You said marijuana will be bigger than wheat. Yeah. What the hell? Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like it, didn't didn't we learn anything from the '60s? I was a child of the '60s, and. and uh, there wasn't a lot of productivity in the folks that did a lot of weed, <laughs> and, and that, that that seriously concerns me. But I, I'm also um, uh, president of the uh, the Epilepsy Foundation here in Connecticut, mm. and uh, uh, medical marijuana is wonderful for folks with with epilepsy. But what is it really? You know what it is? It is state tax. It is going to be a total windfall for state tax. And it will be consumed at levels we don't understand. I don't. I don't think it's a good thing necessarily, but it is what it is. It is what it is, and we we, we have to get away. I'll give you my perspective on this because I I'm a, and I really like Bernie Sanders. I mean, I didn't vote for him, but I like him. Mm-hmm. Now, what was Bernie Sanders' principal uh, foundational uh, campaign theme? Was there is no middle class. Middle class is gone. We are, we are a nation of haves and have-nots. Mm-hmm. But if you take a look at demographically, where does middle class uh, house itself? It houses itself in middle age. Middle class generally would be 30 to 50 years old. That's, that's where the lion's share of middle class is. Well, middle age, indigenous people are, in terms of critical mass, are 11% smaller than the baby boomers, 11%. The, the, the generation right behind the baby boomers, Generation X, is physically 11% smaller. According to calculations that we have seen by economists, the number of people in middle class is 10% smaller. 
do you think the two may have something to do with each other? Mm. What we have is the place where middle class houses itself is populated by a group that is 11% smaller than the, than the generation that passed through it before them. And who, who also is there? Latinos. The Latinos that came into our country, uh, you know, could be as many as 50, 60 million, and I would say that probably 20 million have gone back. What, where did they fill in? They filled in exactly where we needed them in Generation X. So they, uh, what we have, according to Pew Research, is a, a group of folks, immigrants, that came in that for entry-level jobs, lion's share of them, God bless them, uh, and uh, filled in right where we needed them demographically, right where we, we had a deficit in our population. Now, granted, the folks that were here just for the entry-level jobs uh, have gone back, and those that have, that have aspired have stayed. So all in all, we're in good shape. We're going to be fine. Don't worry about any, any uh, disparity in our class structure. Um, in terms of technology, however, uh, I remember a friend of mine saying, hey, I'm from the typewriter generation. It's taken me this long to get into the computer generation. Now it's a completely different thing with this technology and cyber. How, you know, how, how does, and I know that's going to be uh, pushed by Generation Y because they came up and they, they created, the, you know, that, that level of technology, but the Generation Z is going to take it to a, a whole other level. But where does the X fit into the Y uh, when it comes to jobs and, and being able to maneuver in, this, in, in a basically a tech world? Well, we're just going to have to adjust, aren't we? <laughs> Yeah, well, here's, they're, they're, you know, trying to read into your question. One, people, I, I'm asked all the time, well, what's going to happen when the robots take all the jobs? Well, we're gonna, and my answer to that is we're going to have so many jobs, I hope they build a lot of them because I don't think we're going to have enough people. I don't think we're going to have enough labor for what our economy is going to, to demand. Now, wow. yeah, and, so, and, and in terms of, of being trained for cyber jobs, uh, the one thing that I know about Generation Y is they eat, sleep, and drink in the cyber world. I am uh, I'm a, a baby boomer. When oh, you're boomer. Okay. Oh, yeah, and, and I'm an older boomer. When, when, okay. I speak, when I speak in the cyber world, people know that I have a very thick accent, and I'm, and I'm a, a foreigner. <laughs> and it, and, no, they do. It's a very thick accent. Generation X, your generation, is bilingual. Generation Y, they, they eat, sleep, and drink cyber, and it is just, don't worry about them. They're going to be fine. We, what we have is the largest generation ever born in the United States is currently 13 to 32, and we have technology, and these kids are high-tech. If that doesn't bode well for our country, I don't know what does. Well, yeah, absolutely. But, you, you know, you said something interesting is that for the first time, there, you know, human resources is going to have three generations in there and all of these crazy personalities. And the Generation Y, because of technology, it's kind of an impersonal uh, group. I mean, I, I can see that with me being an, uh, uh, an ex that, you know, I, I, I never leave the house. All my money is made and, and, and I never, in, in the tech world and I never leave the house. That's going to be kind of like a normal thing. Um, but when you're trying to get a job, you don't know how to interact with people. You don't, you have some, you know, interpersonal skills that are lacking, but that's going to be generation Y. 
Mm-hmm. It's going to be an exciting time, Philly. It really is. <laughs> we're, we are, no, we're, we're in, 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 you know, and I like that. I, uh, I, my good. view, my view of things for the United States, because I, you know, I certainly, you know, trust me, I, I run into the doomsdayers all the time. I mean, and more than you want to think about, <laughs> but I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm not there. I don't think we could be in a better position. Really? Yeah, I really don't. I, I think, first of all, you know, people are, I'm, I'm not enjoying what's happening politically, but I do know this. I, I know that the presidency is far bigger than the president and that the republic is far bigger than the presidency. And I think that our forefathers were geniuses when they uh, structured and built this uh, model republic. I really do. And as long as we don't stray from that, we're going to be fine. Okay, so how now? Let's go. Let's, so we've talked about you know the the the, the America and and the, you know the the boomers, the X's, the Y's, and a little bit of the Z's. <clears throat> let's talk about how this affects the world. You talk about that uh, Italy at some point will become unrecognizable. What does that mean? That means that it's not going to have any Italians. Are you serious right now? Well, you you want you want to hear some numbers? I mean, I you can yes, you can please. actually ask you can ask Siri. But uh, you say, what is the fertility of Italy? And uh, she'll tell you. And it's, it's way re- below replacement level re- fertility. What is replacement level fertility? It's like 2.1, 2.2 kids per couple. If you don't replace yourself, you cannot maintain your culture. And you pay integrity. Let's talk about France, because France right now is the one that's most visible. Uh, France has fertility that's way below replacement level. It's probably like 1.4, 1.5. So, and, and it's been like that for 30 years. So what does that mean? That means they don't have enough labor to run things. So they've got to bring in immigrants as labor. Where do they suck their immigrants from? They bring them in off of North Africa. Well, North African immigrants bring a different culture, and it's called the Muslim culture. And the Muslim culture and the Western culture are essentially Apple and IBM. They're oil and water. They don't mix. So you have a country that now has now has two cultures. And a friend of mine lives in France and calls me up and says, Ken, I've got to move back to the States. And I said, why? He said, I can't go to the park with my daughter. You know, she's three or four years old, and people are, I'm always being accosted by folks that tell me she, that she needs to cover up. And she said, that's, that's their culture, not mine. I'm not going to have my daughter cover up. I'm 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 a Westerner. I'm from the United States. I'm an expat. So, wow. what will happen? What's here's what's going to happen, Philip. You're going to have a situation where Western women in Portugal, Spain, France, Italy, Germany, all the countries are going to say, "We're not going to tolerate this new culture," because once the new culture gets to enough bodies where they can start dictating public policy, which is about 15, 20%, where they can actually dictate public policy. Uh, it's going to be so uncomfortable for Western women, they're going to move out. Where are they going to go? Well, the lion's share of them, I believe, are going to come here to the United States. So we have, we're going to get the, literally the best and brightest from around the world. We're getting the best and brightest Asians now. We, we're, I don't know. We're a nation of immigrants. It's how it's it's who we are and how we're built. You say Russia's power will fade. How and why? Well, Russia right now, if you looked at their population when when they they broke down to the uh, Soviet Union, 
uh, the, the population of Russia, just the Russia part, was about 150 million. That's about 130. And, and Russia's fertility is way below replacement level fertility, which means that, uh, and, and if you're a Russian male, you have a 50-50 chance of living to 60. Wow. So what, so what does Russia have? Well, first of all, Russia's uh, GDP, I think it's around $2 trillion. It's essentially a gas station. They, they pump natural resources, and they get the money, and then they pay off their population so they don't revolt. So Russia's going to have a population of old sick people. So you ask yourself the question, what is, what's motivating Vladimir Putin? Why did Vladimir Putin, after the Olympics, which was a, a PR victory above, uh, of epic uh, levels, why did he charge into the Ukraine and shoot down an airliner? Why, why would you do that? Why would you wreck everything that you built that cost you billions of dollars where you starved your people to do it? And it's because Ukraine has 50 million healthy uh, entrepreneurial people and he needs to annex them or he, he can't sustain Russia. Unbelievable. How amazing is that? That, that, is, yeah. that is amazing. Okay, so you say China's economy is going to explode. Um, how, how is that possible? China for the last, um, up until a couple of years ago, uh, for 37 years had a one-child-only policy. Well, a one-child-only policy is, is uh, half of replacement-level fertility. You, can't, you just simply can't t tamper with nature like that. You just simply can't do that and maintain who you are. And also, and what, what that forced their culture to do was to favor men. So now under, uh, you know, just for the sake of argument, men under 37 years old, there's about 90 million men that will never, ever marry because there's no female counterparts. There simply aren't enough women. Wow. Uh, I'm never going to go into the infanticide and all, and all, because, you know, this, China's not the same as the United States. It's very, very different. Mm -hmm. So what China has, under 37 years old, they're missing, literally missing a half billion people because of the one-child-only policy. Any culture, any culture, I don't care if you're a Polynesian, Polynesian island or you're uh, United States, you have to have taxpayers. And they're called, the taxpayers you need the most are called heavy lifters. And those are the people that are roughly 40 to 60 years old who are producing far more than they need so that they can pay for the elderly and pay for the young. Well, when this, this massive hole in the population in China is superimposed over the heavy lifting stage, it doesn't exist. So what's going to happen to a billion elderly Chinese? I, mm. I think they're going to starve to death. <laughs> I, I mean, why do you think? Let me just ask you this. Xi Jinping takes over. I think he took over in, um, from Hu Jintao in 2014. Mm -hmm. He discovers he's got a corrupt nation with the most screwy demography that any nation's ever had, ever. And uh, does he see this coming? Of course he does. Why do you think he's sucking up to uh, President Trump? I mean, this is very, very unprecedented. Mm -hmm. He knows what is going to happen. And he knows what is, and if, if he has really good economists and really good demographers, they'll, he'll, they'll tell him too what's going to happen in the United States and how the United States is going to benefit. So he's going to make friends with us, and he's going to use his this problem that he created called North Korea as a bargaining chip. Mm, so what do you think is going to happen in North Korea? I think North Korea 
is probably going to become uh, Korea will become one nation. Mm. Yeah, you see, North Korea isn't really anything. North Korea is just a problem created by China. North Korea has a GDP of of twelve billion dollars. There are people. I mean, Donald Trump probably has a GDP of twelve billion dollars. <laughs> right. Yeah, eighty percent of the trade that goes, or, or any kind of trade that goes into North Korea is from uh, China. When they fish those rockets out of the Sea of Japan that he is testing, where do you think they're made? <laughs> I mean, he doesn't have the technology to make those things. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the the the, the kid there. Um, what's his name? Yeah, Kim Jong Un. Yeah. No, I believe that Korea was created by China. North Korea was created by China as a problem that only they could solve, and, and they will use that as a bargaining chip in the Western world, which is exactly what he's doing right now. So when you say so, Europe is going to change forever, is this, is, is this what you mean, or is there something uh, even more um, uh, entertaining, if you will? Muammar Gaddafi wild man, said that uh, the Muslims would overtake the EU without firing a shot. And he was exactly correct. So he's going to have more, ba more babies than, than the indigenous folks. Wow. When you have, yeah, you just, yeah. well, they were welcomed in. But why, why do you think Merkel invited all the Syrians in? You know why? Because the Germans are they're not only not having babies, they're not getting married. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, you want to you want to sustain Germany? You need people. Yeah. So. So you're saying that? So it looks like there's going to be uh, going to be or has already uh, begun a, 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 an explosion of the Muslim population around the world. It's not so much an explosion, but it's it, it's it's uh, very high in where it's going to have the most effect, and that will be Europe. I think that the, it's way above replacement level in, in most of the countries in the Middle East, but it's most pronounced in, uh, like in France, I think it's six, mm. you know, six babies per couple. Well, that's significant. Absolutely it is. Absolutely yeah. it is. Uh, so how, I don't know if demographers get into the numbers of, of faith, but, you know, there's so many different levels of faith that that are practiced in America, um, how will that affect the rest of the population of the world and the Muslim population? Well, it, 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 there's kind of a, an odd marriage that I think is going to take place. And, and uh, we have uh, a very unusual pope who uh, has n no problem embracing the Muslim culture and, and the Muslim religion. So, I mean, that's really all that I know. Uh, do I think that Christianity throughout the world is going to suffer? I don't. I really don't. I think we're, we're going to be fine. And I think the United States is, uh, uh, right now we're, we're suffering a bit. You know, the, 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 popu the, the attendance in churches has fallen off, but I think that's a product of the fact that we have a... Uh, uh, a diminutive population between 33 and 52. I think that's a, I really do think that uh, Generation Y, currently 13 to 32, is going to find their way. Mm. I, I, I don't think you were asking that question. But. Kennedy, or, 
Do you think they're going to find their way in, 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 in traditional Christianity, or do you think they're going to be more non-denominational just because of who they are? No, I, I, you know, I don't know. I really don't. You know, that, that would fall under a, a different category than demographics. That would be psychographics, mm-hmm. that, yeah. and so I don't know. I, I don't know. I, 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 uh, I, I tell folks that the, I think this crop of young people it's going to be the best crop of young people that we've ever had. And if, if, does that mean they're going to attend church? I don't know. It, it could. Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. You know, uh, the last chapter in your book, uh, you, you, you talked about uh, Latinos and you talked about Africa. I was surprised about Africa. Uh, walk us through that and unpack that, that uh, there's kind of going to be a boom uh, in, in, in Africa. Talk to us about that. Sub-Sahara Africa, there's really no bodies in, in Northern Africa, uh, a few Middle Eastern countries, but essentially no bodies. The bodies in Africa are Sub-Sahara, and there's a billion of them. The, the fertility in Africa is very high. It's like six kids per couple. The problem is they don't live, and uh, a, a, a lion's share of them die before five, and, and men, if they make it to 40, are doing really well. What's happening in Africa, especially with, the, the, with Chinese who are uh, exchanging uh, technology and infrastructure for mineral rights in Africa, you're going to bring education to Africa, you're going to bring health care to Africa, you're going to bring uh, infant mortality and their uh, you know, very young age uh, death. The net result of that is, is like filling a bathtub. Uh, Populations, if you want to increase the population, if you could think of a bathtub, babies come out of the spout and dead people go down the drain. And if you want to fill the tub, you don't crank the babies up because if they're just going down the drain, you're not, you, you, you haven't done anything. What you need to do is to plug the drain. So what I think is happening in Africa is the, the technology, the healthcare, the education, the culture, uh, being brought to them from the outside is going to change uh, the number of people that die. And you're going to see the population in Africa by 2050, 2060. Are you ready? We'll go to about 4 billion. It's going to be a very interesting place. Wow, that's fascinating. Uh, so we've do- talked about Africa. What about the African-American here in, in, in the U.S.? What are the predictions for, for the uh, African-American? African-Americans in the U.S., are, are their uh, fertility is essentially stabilized. They're not. It's not. A, it, they're not growing. The number of African Americans in the United States uh, is. Uh, they're replacing themselves, but it's not growing. Not not dramatically. They, uh, there there are a couple. Of, there are some cultural issues with African Americans, and I, I discuss this uh, in mixed audiences all the time. Seventy-five uh, percent of the children that are born in the African American culture have no dad. They have a father certainly, but there's no dad. So we have a family that has uh, is suffering. Uh, I, I tell my African American audiences, you you want to change your culture, you, you want to you want to strengthen your culture. I said, uh, be a dad. Men be men. Take responsibility for your actions. The uh, unfortunately, most of the uh, if you if you look at uh, like in Manhattan the, the number of, of African American abortions and, and the number of African American births are almost equal. Mm. What the heck? Mm-hmm. What is that? I don't know. I, I, I just, it, it makes me angry. It, it makes me angry uh, because I love the culture. 
and I want the culture to flourish, but it just seems like right now that, that we're going the wrong way with it. Uh, someone was talking about perhaps the extinction of the African-American or the, because of the Generation Y that's coming that's going to be intermarrying, that the African-American is going to kind of, if you will, kind of fade away in a sense and become a, maybe a new, a, a new or another designation. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I show a slide that of, of a mulatto uh, woman, a lovely, lovely mulatto woman, and tell my audiences that the overall complexion of the United States is going to get slightly darker, and it will continue to do so. So that could be. What you just described could be. Wow, fascinating. Um, does transgender have any effect on this in terms of the numbers? Because this is a no. new burst and new thing that – uh, we are seeing in, in, in the culture. So how does that change the demographics of male and female? I, I, it, it, it doesn't. And I, I think you're going to see changes in public policy. That's not, you know, and that's not up to me, certainly, or, or that's not in, in my expertise. But the number of, of uh, uh, you know, people, you know, gay men, lesbian women, transgender, is, is really a very small number. And so in terms of, of uh, demographic issues, it, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, they're present, but it's a small number. Okay. And I uh, deal in mon monster numbers. <laughs> yes, you do. So what's, what's uh, how, many, how many people, you said about 330 million in, in America. What's the, what's the uh, population of the world at this point? Population of the world, 7 billion. It'll probably, by 2050, 2060, it'll probably go to 10 or 12, and then it will begin to reside. Starting in about 1964, we had uh, a very interesting thing happen that's not in, in any history books, but what, what happened was the, the, in 1964 was the year that half of the women in, in the world dropped below replacement level fertility. So the, the number of kids that we're having, the, the, the whole idea of, you know, these huge uh, families uh, it has essentially gone away. And you're going to see most families are around two, maybe three, and a lot of families of one, except in Utah. With the, uh, uh, the LDS uh, families are very, very large. I always ask if there are LDS people in my audiences because uh, I, I pick on them because of the size of their families. It's, it's, they're huge. It's great. Um. So where is this seven, this seven to ten billion people coming from? Where is, it, where is that going to be concentrated mostly? The uh, you got a billion people in the Americas. You got a billion people if you started in Portugal and went all the way across the EU into Russia. You got a billion people currently in Africa. You have uh, uh, four billion people in all of Asia. That's your seven. So where are the big increases going to come from? The big increases are going to be Africa. And then you're going to see a redistribution of a lot of folks. You know, what's going to happen, it's very interesting that uh, Australia will be Asian. It will be Chinese. Really? Australia? Yeah. Yeah, what's happening now? Wow, that's amazing. There's only about 20 million people in uh, Australia. So it's, it's not going to take much for it to be uh, dominated by the, the Chinese. And under uh, Xi Jinping is, is essentially chasing wealthy people out of his country. So uh, wealthy Chinese are, are going elsewhere. And that happens to be one of the places they're going is Australia. How fascinating is that? That is amazing. All right, so the last, last, last part of this is that is uh, you, you talk about, we talk about Florida, but you talk about in the book 
you know, southwest, southeast, you know, the west versus the north uh, in terms of population uh, growth and, and expansion? What does that look like? Uh, what's, what's going to be the demographic of, of America in terms of where people are going to be moving to and what, what population growth and, and diminishing uh, uh, levels of growth are we going to see with the south and the uh, between the south and the west or the southwest? You started in Virginia and you went south to Florida and then you went over to Texas and then you went through uh, Arizona and then you went up the coast of California. That's where the population is going to be concentrated. That's where you're going to see the big increases. Where you're not going to see increases and where the population will remain essentially stagnant will be the Northeast and the Midwest. The Northeast, actually, uh, if, if you can believe this, and when you think of Florida, I mean, don't you think of old people? Don't you think of retirees? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, I do. Yeah, right. Well, you know, that's, I always joke with people. I say it's, it's like God's waiting room. You know, it's, it's where, you go to, where, where you go to die. But, but Florida produces more babies than uh, New England. So, I mean, New, New England is just not producing babies. Wow. And, and it's the same in the Midwest. The, the, you know, there's, there's, uh, there might be right at replacement level or slightly below, but they're simply not producing uh, high, you know, the, not high concentrations of, of uh, new population. The, the South... And I, and I do mean, you know, uh, I spent a lot of time in Texas. You should see Texas. I mean, Texas is not going to be able to handle its growth. Florida is not going to be able to handle its growth. And that will be a spinoff into, into areas like Mississippi and, and uh, Georgia and uh, anywhere where there is no snow is <laughs> going to see baby boomers. Mm-hmm. So what's going on then with California? Well, California, uh, remarkably, is that if you took – all the babies produced in Texas and all the babies produced in California, you would have 25% of the babies in the United States. The, uh, wow. Uh, the, in, in 2007, in, in, in 1957, we broke a record with 4,300,000 babies born in the United States. That was the peak of the baby boomers, 4,300,000. Uh, 51 years later, 2007, so that 1957 was was the baby boomer peak. 2007, we broke the record with 4,316,000 babies, 25% of which were Latinos. Where were they born? Texas and California. Wow, how fascinating mm. is that? What's next? What's next for you, uh, Ken? This is this is an amazing work that you've been doing for the last 20 years. Uh, your work now, it seems to be more relevant and important and necessary than ever before. Well, it's fun. But you know what? what, what and I was just talking to one of my partners. You know, one of the things that, that we do is we have a, uh, uh, in, the, in the most recent book, Upside, Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead, we actually give stock positions. And we, we do so in the proper way. You know, they're, you know we, we have the the appropriate disclaimers and everything. But uh, uh, right now, uh, with another partner, we put together portfolios that are, are based on demographic issues, and they're, per- and they're performing incredibly well. So that's, that's oh. another thing. And how, that's do not people, my, that's, how do people get in, get in contact with that? Well, th- there's a couple places they can, they can do this. One of them would be to go to, I have a site called kgcdirect.com. 
kgcdirect.com. And another site they can go to is uh, Demogronomics, Demogronomics.com. And if you, even if you spelled it wrong, I think it will take you there. I'll, I'll spell it D E M wrong um, mix. Okay, it's D E M O G R O N O M I C S. Demogronomics. It's a combination of demography and economics. Demogronomics.com. And just watch the video. Watch the video and, and do a little reading, and then that's, it'll uh, take you on a journey. That's one of my sites. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Upside Profiting from the Profound Demographic Shifts Ahead uh, is the book that you need to go and get. Uh, uh, download it uh, if, you have a, if you have a Kindle, a reading device, or just get the book and have it. And I, this is a great book to take anywhere with you. And, and now what's going to happen is when you buy this book, buy a highlighter with it because you're going to be highlighting everything in this book. There's so many nuggets that you're going to learn about yourself, about your family, about your culture, about your generation, that if you and particularly if you're a business owner, it's going to give you some really, really accurate data on how to position yourself and be ready for the world. Ken, I really appreciate you. My pleasure, my friend. I hope I helped. Yes, you did. I'll talk to you soon. I'd love for you to come back. Okay. Take care, my friend. Take care, Philippe. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.